The Holy Gospel according to John, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory. The glory is of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law, indeed, was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart who has made him known. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. In the winter of 2010, I attended a class at the Minnesota Workforce Center for those working on resumes and seeking new career avenues. I had graduated from Luther Seminary in the spring of 2009 and hadn't been successful in my search for a ministry call to a congregation. It could take deacons years to find a call to a congregation. And so I was in a bit of a slump and slightly depressive state as my savings account dwindled and job prospects seemed pretty slim. On a cold winter morning, I sat in a room with 25 other unemployed people learning how to write dynamic resumes that would get our feet in the door of a new opportunity. On this particular day, we were talking about the power of words. And I volunteered to help with a demonstration in front of the class. The facilitator had me stand next to her with my arm outstretched and parallel to the floor, while she pushed down on my arm, trying to push it to my side. No problem. I could keep my arm outstretched and I could uh, withstand the, the weight of her hands trying to push my arm down, not a problem at all. But then she had the class say negative things to me like, you're worthless, you'll never find a new job, your hair looks terrible today. And soon my arm dropped to my side and I slumped forward. I actually crumpled under the weight of her hand on my arm 
It was so visually powerful that the class immediately started apologizing and I exclaimed, oh my gosh, that's horrible. Even though I knew it wasn't real, my entire body responded to those words. But then she had me raise my arm once again and she instructed the class to praise me, telling me that I was going to be successful, that I was intelligent and friendly and creative. And once again, I could hold my arm up against the pressure of her hands and resist her attempts to make me drop my arm to my side. You see, words are powerful. So powerful that they can actually create a physical response to what is happening around us. We hear in our gospel lesson this morning, in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This has me thinking about the power of words. When I was a child, my brother and I woke up early on Saturday mornings so that we could watch Super Friends. We loved seeing Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman defeat the bad guys every week. I don't actually remember much from those cartoons that I watched more than 45 years ago, and I certainly don't remember any lines of dialogue other than this. Wonder Twin Powers activate. Form of... The Wonder Twins are a fictional extraterrestrial twin brother and sister superhero duo. They can activate their superpowers by touching their fists together and saying the phrase, Wonder Twin Powers, activate. The female twin can transform into any animal and the male twin can transform into any form of water that he wants. And seriously, how cool would it be to be able to speak those simple words, Wonder Twin Powers, activate, and be able to transform into any animal that you want or any form of water that you want? Imagine if our words were that powerful. Well, maybe they are. One of the running jokes about marriage is that women expect men to read their minds. Like somehow husbands should just pick up on subtle hints and facial expressions and body language in order to understand what women want. But the reality is that women need to use actual words in order to communicate with their husbands. We use words to get a thought from one person's mind to another person's mind. This is the explanation that a seminary professor gave to a student about why John, the gospel writer, used logos, which means word, for Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The professor asked that student what we use words for, and the student responded, we use words to communicate with each other, to get a thought from one person's mind to another person's mind. And the professor said, exactly. That was the reason that John referred to Jesus as the Logos, the Word. Jesus was a living, breathing word from God, sent to reveal God and God's kingdom to us. If we go all the way back to the creation story, 
It is God's words that bring the universe into existence. I'm pretty sure that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit didn't have to put all their fists together and say, Trinity power, activate. God simply spoke and said, let there be light. And there was light. In Genesis, God not only says, let there be light, but God also says, let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness. Yes, God spoke and humans were created. And because we are created in the image of God, we too are creators. And our words have power. I wonder how many of us have had experiences where words had a powerful impact on our lives for good or for ill. Have we had teachers or coaches who told us that we weren't smart or good at math or we weren't fast enough or strong enough to compete with others? And how many of us believed it and stopped trying? How many women have been told that they are too loud too big, too opinionated, too ambitious, too much. And how many of us have believed it and tried to make ourselves smaller? How many men have been told that it's not okay to show emotions or cry? Or that it's not okay to be present for their children or to be a stay-at-home dad? How many men have bought into the culture of toxic masculinity that insists that they be tough and brutal and hide their true feelings. We have learned that people who are in abusive relationships often stay because they have been told so often that they are worthless or stupid that they start to believe it. How many of us believe the hurtful words and lies that have been told at some point in our lives? And how have those words affected how we feel about ourselves, how we live our lives, and how we interact with those around us? On the other hand, how many of our lives have been changed by the power of encouragement and praise? My mom tells a story about a little boy she worked with while she was a teacher's assistant in a kindergarten classroom. This little guy was as naughty as they come, picking on other kids, disrupting the classroom, and getting into trouble on a daily basis. My mom quickly decided that she was going to do everything in her power to help this boy change his behavior. And she had been working with children long enough to know that they believe what we tell them. If a child is told and starts to believe that he is naughty, chances are he will be a naughty boy. So my mom looked for every opportunity to give him praise and tell him all of the specific ways that he was doing well. If he waited in line quietly, she would thank him. If he helped another child, she would praise him. If he did well on an activity, she would tell him how smart or creative he was. He received daily praise from my mom, and soon his behavior began to change. Soon, he was seeking ways to help others. 
He was following the teacher's instructions and he was enjoying learning along with the rest of the children. I'm positive that there were other factors at work, but my mom fully believes that she played a part in helping this little boy change his behavior so that he was no longer the naughty boy in the room, but instead was a well-behaved and thriving student who glowed when he received praise and encouragement. Her words had power. Who are the people who have encouraged us in our lives? And what kind of impact has that had on the way we see ourselves and the paths that we've taken? One of the biggest influencers in my life was my ninth grade English teacher, Miss Martin. Early in the year, we did a unit on public speaking and we had to choose a poem to act out in front of the class. I was an insecure teenager at that point in my life, but I practiced my poem, had a little bit of fun with it, and bravely performed in front of the class. I got an A on that assignment. And after receiving that A, Miss Martin invited me to join the speech team, which is something that I would never have considered without her encouragement. But I joined the speech team and I was transformed. I was good at it. And I competed in speech throughout high school and college. If I have any ability to preach a sermon, it is a skill that began in that ninth grade English class and it grew because of the encouragement of that teacher. Her words had power and they changed my life. I wonder too about the power of words to affect culture, government, volunteerism, advocacy, and society as a whole. We are living in an era where words are used as weapons, where lies are confused with truth, and where a timely post on social media can destroy a reputation. We are quick to share a meme on Facebook or pass along information that we have actually, that before we've actually found out if it's true. So perhaps it is time for us to remember the power of our words. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and he was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of the father's only son, full of grace and truth. At Christmas, we celebrate Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, in the flesh, living among us, showing us the heart of God, and speaking words of grace and truth. It is Jesus, the Word, who has made God known to us. And if we are talking about the power of words, there are none more powerful than those of Jesus. The words of Jesus have the power to heal, the power to calm storms, 
and the power to bring life out of death. When I want to know what is true about me, I turn to the words of scripture because that is where my identity is found. My identity as a beloved child of God. And when I turn to scripture, I am told that I am a sister of Christ, a saint, that I was created for a purpose, that I have been adopted into God's family, that I am an enemy of the devil, that I am chosen by Christ to bear fruit, that I am a new person, my past is forgiven and everything is new, and that I am a child of light and not of darkness. All of those things are true of you as well, no matter what anyone else has told you in your life. Our words have power. The power to influence, the power to wound, the power to uplift, and the power to heal. We are creators. So imagine the world we could create if we used our words to encourage to teach, to praise, to console, to advocate, to defend, and to love. But even more powerful than our words is the word, Jesus, who came to bring life and light to all people. Jesus, who calls on us to love one another, to serve one another, to forgive one another, to lay down our lives for one another. It is Jesus whose word is more powerful than any other. In our sending him today, we will sing, longing for peace, our world is troubled, longing for hope, many despair. Your word alone has power to save us. Make us your living voice, Christ, be our light. And I'm reminded of the power of our living God and the words of Desmond Tutu. Goodness is stronger than evil. Love is stronger than hate. Light is stronger than darkness. Life is stronger than death. Victory is ours through him who loves us. No matter what is happening in the world around us, we can remember that God is more powerful than anything else. God is our creator, our redeemer, our example, our strength, our peace, and our joy. And so, as this new year begins, I am holding on to this truth. Goodness shines in the midst of evil and evil does not overcome it. Love shines in the midst of hate, and hate does not overcome it. Life shines in the midst of death, and death does not overcome it. Light shines in the midst of darkness, and darkness does not overcome it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word became flesh and lived among us, offering up grace upon grace, giving light and life to the world. Amen.